you know, talking about remaking movies actually sort of feeds into our next conversation because it seems that the music industry is sort of doing something similar with a lot of bands that had once disbanded or altogether broken up getting back together for reunion tours. Now, this seems to work the opposite way in music where a lot of people get very excited to see one of their favorite bands come back together for one last tour. But is it ever just one last tour? They, they seem to sometimes come back again and again and again. We're going to talk about it right now with our guest who is a music historian and host of the ongoing history of new music, Alan Cross. Alan, thanks so much for making the time. Always good to talk to you. I was just thinking about The Who in 1982, their farewell tour, (laughs) and they're still on the road more than 40 years later. It's hard to take it seriously, right? Because I think you hear reunion tour and you sort of roll your eyes and think, okay, the reunion tour of this year, and then you're probably going to do it again and again. And that seems to be a trend for not just The Who, but for other bands as well, Alan. Yeah, the the most recent one has been Motley Crue. If you remember a couple of years ago, they signed to a, a contract. They said that it publicly signed a contract saying, this is the last tour. We're never, ever, ever going to tour again. So spend all your money on these tickets and this merch because you will never see us again. Well, guess who's on the road this year? <laughs> <laughs> broke the contract. Yeah, the, 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 there is just too much money to be made, especially these days, because uh, you have big companies like Live Nation who also owns amphitheaters that need to be filled in that very short window of time that we have in the summer. So they will inevitably go and ask some big band to get back together and give them a you know boatload of cash in hopes of getting you know Gen Xers and, and baby boomers out to to see them you know spending two hundred three hundred four hundred five hundred dollars on on tickets plus merch plus uh, uh, concessions and beer so huh. it's it's a it's a big deal and there you know there there are plenty of bands who are who still have enough of their original members to make this worthwhile. But then there are the great white whales, these, these bands from the past that have turned down every single entreaty to reunite for whatever reason. Maybe they don't need the money, maybe they hate themselves, hate each other that much, but uh, uh, they, they just have decided that they're not going to do it yet. Hmm. Is this because they're holding out and you think eventually they'll cave and eventually they will and they're just waiting for that really big buyout? I mean, there's so many rumors of the remaining members of the Beatles and the remaining members of the Rolling Stones getting together for one glorified tour. I mean, is that something that you think could ever happen? Well, let's look at something, somebody like Oasis. We've been, you know, Oasis broke up in the summer of 2009, and ever since that, there have been rumors that they're going to get back together. And every six or nine months or so, some UK tabloid starts a rumor saying that Oasis is getting back together and they're going to have these huge shows in the UK and everybody's going to make a ton of money. And then only a, a day or two later for this whole thing to be to be shot down. We're in the midst of something like that right now. Um, about two years ago, Liam uh, Noel Gallagher was asked on a British TV show how much it would take for him to get Oasis back together. And he said, 100 million pounds. Well, just last week, he said, yeah, I'd get together for 8 million pounds. So he's, uh. he's dropped his... He's dropped his, his, his price by 92%. And, uh, the, you know, the, this, this time it may be true um, simply because Liam, is, uh, Liam Gallagher needs the money because he's got a lot of ex-wives and love, chi- love children. Um, Noel Gallagher is getting divorced for the, uh, from a wife he's been with for 22 years, so that's going to cost him a lot of money. Nobody's selling records anymore. Only so much money is coming in via streaming, and, you know, you'd like to have that income stream, you know, back to where it was. So if Oasis can get back together, I can tell you that they would make 
uh, you know, tens and tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars for something like that, even if they just stay in the UK. Yeah, I mean, you know, the question of does this work, and if you're measuring whether it works with profits, I mean, I think the answer would be yes. We've talked a lot about nostalgia on the show as a marketing strategy, and it seems to work in so many different areas, and it's the same in music. I mean, the nostalgia of seeing a band that you you grew up with or that you once loved, I mean, people are going to go, even if maybe it's not going to be the actual final tour, right? Well, yeah, there are some final, final tours. I don't think we'll ever see a reunion. The Jam, for example, they broke up in 1982. People have been asking for them to get back together for the last 41 years. Um, Talking Heads, which would be really good. They never really broke up. They just kind of evaporated after 1988. But, uh, and, and, you know, they were one of the preeminent new wave bands of all time. To have them back together would be fantastic. I, I don't see it happen because it all depends on David Byrne, and David Byrne's doing things on Broadway and with world music and, and so on. I, I don't think so. And then another one would be the White Stripes. You know, Jack yeah. White is, is doing extremely well right now. He doesn't need uh, an awful lot of help, um, and he's always been a guy to look forward. Uh, meanwhile, his, his partner in the White Stripes, Meg White, um, has pretty much fallen off the radar. She has not really been seen in public in 14 years and she turns down all requests for interviews. She doesn't engage on social media. You don't see um, any news about her whatsoever. And she's apparently just half quietly as the introverts, introverts in, in Detroit. So we're, we're never, ever going to see them back. I mean, it was, it was tough enough to have her get on stage with the White Stripes. Now, not going to happen. You know, you mentioned it's not going to happen because Jack is doing fine. Is this always something that's financially motivated? And how much of this is because of what you, you kind of alluded to just a second ago, Ellen, the fact that you, know, you don't make as much money with streaming. Is it because the music industry is just such a different landscape now that this is really the opportunity to just make cash and that's the motivation? You know, if somebody were to give you an Adidas bag filled with eight million pounds and say, "Hey, go sing with your sister," would you do it? Well, no, I want a hundred million pounds, right? That's what he originally said. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, what, you know, every, you know, it, it's turning out that almost, almost everyone has their price, hmm. and the, the there is just so much money to be made. Like, if you were, let's say, just for the heck of it. Let's say the White Stripes get back together. Uh, that would be a sellout tour in arenas and amphitheaters uh, across the world, really. And promoters, in order to make sure that this would happen, would no doubt give the band a big guarantee, which means you're going to get this much per show, regardless of how many tickets we may be able to sell. The White Stripes could command at least, at least a million and a half dollars per show. And if they, you know, schedule... 30 or 45 shows, how do you turn that kind of money down? You can just, uh-huh. you know, even, even the police did it. And you know, Andy uh, Summers, uh, sorry, uh, Stuart Copeland and Sting are, are, have always been this close to killing each other. <laughs> yeah, they, were, they were able to, to bury the hatchet for the, the duration of that tour, and the, the, the tour grossed something like $430 million. You hold your nose and you do it. Yeah, well, and that's another draw, too, I think, for fans, right? When you know that there's tension in the band, it's another reason to go watch. Sometimes it doesn't work. How many times have Fleetwood Mac said that they're going to tour and get together and then shows get canceled because of tension amongst the members? Is there one group, Alan, that you would love to see 
reunite, but you think there's probably just, there's no chance. You just have to accept the fact that it's not happening. Uh, I would I would bounce between Oasis and Talking Heads. Mm-hmm. Either one would be would be fine. Um, but you know, I've, I've learned never to say never. Sixty percent, sixty percent of Guns N' Roses got back together. They've been touring in that form since I think 2016. And by the time this particular tour is over next year, that uh, what was it called? Uh, Not in this lifetime tour. Uh, it will have grossed a billion U.S. dollars. Wow. <laughs> You know, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting <laughs> it's an interesting situation. Really quickly, Alan, I, I don't want to put you on the spot with this question, but does it work as well with someone who's coming in as the new lead singer? Because some bands have done that. They've introduced a new face. Does it is it still as successful when they do that? Uh, not usually. It, it, it can happen, but not usually. Um, the best you can hope for is to maintain your fan base. Uh, I'll think about uh, Alice in Chains, for example. They're, they've uh, been without their singer, Lane Staley, since the late 90s. They've got this uh, William Duvall who's singing for them right now, and they're doing okay. Um, he sounds reasonably like Lane, but he's not Lane. Um, and, and you can do it, but you got to do it carefully. Changing a lead singer is one of the most risky things that you can possibly do in a band. Yeah, well, it's so much of the identity of the band, I think, wrapped up in them. Alan, thank you so much for coming on this afternoon and for breaking this down. Really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Of course. Take care. That's Alan Cross, music historian and host of the ongoing history of new music.